On 11.16 SEN, the Four Diego's. G'day everyone and welcome to the Four Diego's here on 11.16 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this uh, very nice uh, Wednesday night. Thanks for joining us hey, and thanks to Finey on another wonderful show. And Finey's back tomorrow from 7. And of course, uh, Troy Zantuck and Jeff Poulter. Um, just warming the seats up for the Diego's. Always good listening uh, just on before the Diego's. Vinny Venezuela. Welcome to you. Just uh, give me a minute, Rodrigo. I've got a meat pie. I've got it down before um, before the show finishes. I've got a bet on. Mm. Well, mm. Warren's not here tonight. He was actually suspended because because uh, <laughs> it was a Kentucky Fried incident that uh, that we won't talk about years ago. We've only just mm. in light of uh, the Sutton United. Mm. Um, Suspension. We'll talk a bit more about that a little bit later on. But Carlos, welcome to you. Hello, there, Rodrigo. Yes. Hello, uh, Vinny. Good evening. I feel much lighter without Warren in the studio. <laughs> you do. You it's can like relax. A shed. Yeah, you don't need to yell tonight, Carlos. No, I don't, I don't, I'm going to speak very softly but tonight. Yeah. Oh, that the, rogage. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, from don't. out of the blue, rogage. <laughs> so uh, no, I'm really happy. And uh, gee, imagine losing your. Look, imagine having the intestinal fortitude mm-hmm. to eat a pie. On the bench during the FA Cup tights. It's like one of my dreams. Intestinal is a good choice of words. Yeah, there, remember the dream where I had a dream that Jose Mourinho, I'm 50 something. Yeah, I remember that dream. And I'm sitting on the bench for some reason for Chelsea. <laughs> and Jose says, Carlos, warm up. Yeah. Oh, you don't, no, I don't really need to. I'm happy to you're sit No, no, you're going on. Yep. And he put me on for the last five minutes, and just as I was running on, I, w- I wake from my dream. Oh, that's Does one acquire a pie on the bench the same way as a fan would acquire a pie? Is there a bloke with a box selling pies, and you just call him down? Apparently, he- no. Wayne Shaw. Apparently, I know he's, I know he's listening to us because he's got a lot of time in his hand yes, right now. He got sacked. Oh, well, he no, resigned. he actually resigned, he was, no. and they accepted the resignation. Yes, so. yeah, yeah. But apparently, he went in to the bistro, the Sutton United bistro, uh, at halftime, <laughs> raced in. He had the pie ready there. He grabbed it and poured it back out. Mm. Was, was it in his jock strap, Carlos? Because we, we have seen goal celebrations yes. where people take carrots out and, yeah, and yeah. all sorts of things from the jock, jock strap for the, yeah. the theatre of the goal celebration. Where was the pie, pray tell? Uh, apparently, his jock strap's like a heat, like a pie warmer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a pie warmer. But yes. what, what I'm, you know, what's lost in all this? He's a 46 year old reserve goalkeeper. 145 kilo yes. reserve goalkeeper. Still doing it yeah. week in, and, week and, out. And still assistant coach. So, like, apparently, he. He, he did add a lot of value oh, to that club. I felt sorry for him in the end. I know he did the wrong thing yeah. because it was a betting uh, yeah. situation going yeah. on and there was a bet, you know, he and his mates were having some banter with a betting agency and uh, it was eight to one or something like that that he would, would eat a pie. And yeah, but Rodders, he did. look, you know that it was all very innocent when he admitted to the world yeah. <laughs> as a joke that that's what they did. Yeah. Uh, he knew a bookie was put, you know, laying bets for it no, and no. decided to do it. So. It's it's just innocence. Those people apparently the the you know the authorities in the UK, um, uh, you know, investigating and they oh. figure just forget about it. this guy. Just made a mistake. Yeah. He ate a pie. People cut, took a couple of bets on it. Let it go. He's yeah. lost his job. And you know, look, I don't know whether he's part time footballer or not, but he was very important to that club. Oh, by the way, absolutely. Yeah. He, he um he 
controlled the uh, women's team and the disabled yeah. team as well. And he slept there three nights a week to make sure the facilities ran like clockwork. Yeah. He was a clubman. And yeah. for him to resign like that, clearly uh, you've noticed that that captured the imagination of the Fort Diego. <laughs> uh, there there's nothing else we're, we're not... We've led with the, led yeah, with the, we're the, yeah, the headline of the show. Uh, but you know what kills me? The, the, the coach came out and said, oh, look, you know, him eating a pie on the bench during the game has cast the club in a bad light. Yeah. What I'd rather say is him being a like a 20-stone, 46-year-old <laughs> reserve goalkeeper yeah. on your bench, yeah. eating a pie or not eating a pie, that's cast your club in a bad light. Forget but, about the ciggy he had after the pie. <laughs> no, no. They should have sacked the sports science department. <laughs> yeah, They absolutely should have. Yeah. Hey, we've got a big show for you tonight. Um, believe it or not, we've got uh, live from Malaysia, uh, Penang, in fact, Diogo Ferreira, former yeah. Melbourne Victory uh, player, uh, we're going to chat to him, see what see what he's up to. Always like doing that with um, some former A League players, and uh, we're going to catch up with Mike McGrath a little bit later on. Send us a text message tonight on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. That's zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Tonight's show is brought to you by Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing, and the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping. And so, Wayne Shaw, and Wayne who, Shaw uh, is now apparently got a job. As a pie tester <laughs> for Morrison's Pie in UK. I'm not oh, making it up, guys. Now he's living the dream, Absolutely. Carlos. Yeah. That is unbelievable. That's awesome. I'm, I'm very happy. He needs to land on his feet because mm. he'd bounce back if he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I want to talk about something really important because um, the Western Sydney Wanderers, uh, the, the R&B uh, you know, block have made news yeah. for, for all the wrong reasons again. And of course, uh, we're talking about the uh, what's a tifo anyway? You know that big, the big banner, banner. that banner. Um, you know portrayed Graham Arnold in a very um, lewd, uh, lewd yeah, role, sexually and explicit, yeah, yeah. homophobic. So, yep. and um, they weren't very contrite straight after the game, but um, that the club has um, issued an apology and actually have banned fourteen odd people from. The R and B um, block, of course. So, um, is it for all games? No, no, just for next game. Just no, for the I next thought, game. I thought eighteen. No, I thought it was 18, 18 months. They they were banned. Okay. Well, for, I'm, not, I'm I'm pretty sure they're they, banned for all the all, all games for eighteen months. But yeah, they revoked the membership. Well, th- that would make more sense to me, Carlos, mm. because this, what what possesses grown men? I'm assuming they're all men. Yeah. Um, to actually think that something like that was funny. I yeah. don't. I don't get it. I think the FFA had to come down hard, and, I'd, and I'm glad the club uh, has come down hard on them as well. What were your thoughts when you first heard about this? Well, you know, I, I got no tolerance at all for no. any of these people who uh, are antisocial at our football because they're not fans. I don't care what they say; they can they can have a crack at me about that. You're not fan, you're not fans if you're there breaking the law or they're you know uh, um, going against the values of this country and the values of your club and and, and portraying yourself in that way. There for me. Just identify them and ban them for life. Well, you know, what's this suspension? Ban them for life, get rid of them. You know, I'm quite happy to have half the amount of people in our stadiums uh, if we weed, if it was all about weeding out the, these chronic, um, you know, people who are repeat offenders who keep on doing the same thing. And it's only a, a small group. We keep on talking about the small group. So find the small group, cut them out. Because I, I, you know, the only reason why I talk about it now is because it's important to talk about that incident because anyone else who's going to be mm. a fan in the future has got to know what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, and that's not acceptable. No, not at all. Yeah, but I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to discuss it with them. I no. don't want to give them a. That's what I mean. That's the thing I've noticed in the last couple of days. We've got commentators trying to speak to these people, mm. saying that that's not on and that's not the way we go about it. And so you know, don't talk to these people. Do you reckon they're going to be listening? Just. 
identify them and ban them for life. I don't want to have anything to do with them. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to discuss anything. Um, and, I, and Melbourne Victory has learnt a lot from what's happened with them in the last 12 months or so, and I think it's for the better. Yeah, look, you you got to you got to clean it out. It hurts the club. It hurts the image of the club, and you know it's it's not what the game's about. And and really, it's infantile. You, you just don't need to do it. Support yeah. your team. Support them properly. Don't go mocking people. It's kind yeah, of cheap but, shots. But do you and, think do you think you can ever talk sense into no, a, no, not at all. So that's why why waste our time trying to talk to these people. But, just identify them. And get rid of them. And you've had plenty. They've had. No, everyone knows. Everyone knows the expectations and what you mm. can and can't do. So anyone who even thinks about bringing a flare into a game, mm. you're doing the wrong thing, and you're going to hurt your club as well as the game. Yeah, but not, this is this banner. It would, it's not the sort of it's not the sort of thing they could whip up in an hour. No. They would have spent week, probably a week on it. Um, you know, to to get the design of the of the Graham Arnold. Uh, oh, it, it was uh, quite artistic, Carlos. Absolutely, yeah, it was actually well put together. <laughs> to tell you the truth, yeah, engineered yeah. quite yeah, interestingly yeah, as well. But yeah. um, well, I mean, this was well. This is a, a thought out, premeditated oh, yeah. thing that took time to develop, and at no stage this this is this shows you the the um, the intelligence and the uh, common sense of these people. At no stage during that whole process where they d- designed and developed this thing and, and probably got a focus group to look at it all, <laughs> so, through that whole process, did not one of those guys who were involved in that turn around and say, should we really be doing this? <laughs> is this right? <laughs> are, we, are we on the right track here, guys? No. no not one of them no, did it. No. They were proud as punch oh, yeah. showing it. Oh, yeah. So I'm thinking there's no... Let's not even enter into a discussion with these type of people. Just get rid of them. Well, I think that's what the club did. I think everything yeah. that's happened to the, those people is, is has been driven from the club. So the Wanderers know that uh, it, it's a problem that is not healthy for them. So oh. good on them for taking action. True, it, it's true. But what it does is it takes away the discussion from yeah. mm. you know the great their, game was, yeah. their clubs. Great win yep. against Sydney FC, and um, you know, so the focus has been, you know, taken off, you know, them, and and it's just all wrong. I think anyway, it wasn't even funny. That that nah. that's what kind of got to me a little bit, but it it wasn't even funny. It's you know, like it's a sort of thing a year eight boy would do, thinking it's funny because his other year eight mates would think of that, and and I reckon year eight kids are smarter than that too. <laughs> so I'm not even doing them justice. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday night. It's nice to have you along on the four Diogos uh, as we are <laughs> right now because I've got Mike McGrath coming up a little bit later on. But we're going live to Penang, beautiful part of Malaysia, mm. right now because we're catching up with uh, former Melbourne Victory player and um, a player that plays at uh, Penang FA, Diogo Ferreira. Welcome to the show, Diogo. Thanks for having me, guys. No, we've changed our name tonight, so we are now the four Diogos. I'm Rodrigo Rodriguez. We've got Vinny Venezuela. In fact, there are three Diogos tonight. You're um, the fourth you're one. You're the fourth, of yeah. course, and Carlos is here as well. Hey, Diogo, I say, I, as I said in the intro, you're now at Penang. Mate, that's a beautiful part of the world. Are you enjoying being, in that, you enjoying being there? It's, uh, it's actually unbelievable. It's a really nice, really, really nice city. Um, really, really enjoying it. I've had a lot of friends in the past have actually come here for holidays and they told me all about it but actually living here it's yeah it's it's really really nice now diogo it's carlos uh now, it's only recently that you've swapped the nazi goring of indonesia <laughs> and you've come to the curry luxor of malaysia um now that was because when we were when we were sort of corresponding to organize this this sort of started a couple of months ago and at that point you were in indonesia and suddenly when i was doing my research on you today suddenly you're in malaysia so can you tell us a bit about you know that change uh, from indonesia to malaysia and and how did you find yourself in penang um so pretty much i signed last year was halfway through the season in, in indonesia 
So um, my biggest aim, the reason why I signed Indonesia was to actually try and get over to Malaysia or Thailand at the time it wasn't happening. So came the end of the season in Indonesia, um, got, got a call from, from the coach here at Penang and yeah, kind of just all fell into, fell into plan, I guess. Diego, Vinny Venezuela here. Do your parents know where you are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just barely, but they do. <laughs> so when they you get know a... I'm, on the, I'm on the beach drinking um, coconuts. <laughs> okay. That's so, all they need to know. So, so when you get a call from the coach, what language is that in? Like, are there, are there go-betweens that, that make this happen? How does it all work out sort of in, in the scene that you're in at the moment? So pretty much our coach here is actually uh, from the UK. So um, pretty easy to communicate with him. Um, but he's actually spent some time over in Australia as well and he knew a lot of people that I've worked with in the past and they were looking for a defensive midfielder. So you know, so I, I think he, he knew me from my A-League days as well. Um, and it kind of, like I said, kind of just fell into, fell into place. Um, yeah, after that, and then I looked up, done a bit of research on the city, and I'm like, oh, this would be a great place to live, and also to to play in Malaysia, something I've wanted to do for a while. Now, Diogo, there have been some trailblazers, Australian trailblazers in Malaysia from way back, as early as Alan Davidson, and probably even before that too. I think Scott Ollerenshaw spent some time in Malaysia too. Yep. Not sure if he's still working there or not, but, uh, but you know, Australia's had a bit, bit, bit of influence over there, and, and you know, it's now becoming... Uh, with some of the money that's been spent by some of the clubs, it's now becoming a really attractive destination for a lot of European players, especially for the Balkan areas. How are you finding the, the development of the game there and, uh, and you know, the professionalism and, and how that is, that's improving, you know, uh, year by year? Yeah, it's correct. At the end of the day, um, you know, you're speaking about these European players. A lot of them, unfortunately, in Europe at the moment, clubs struggle to pay and they're not really offering much, so to come over here to Asia, where it's you know it's um, it's quite good money, um, and also the lifestyle it's very cheap. Um, so you can actually you know comparing just say to the A League, you can actually um, pocket a bit of money in here because um, breakfast isn't costing you twenty five dollars. So it's a bit cheaper. So you can actually save save a little bit, which is good. Um, but yeah, it's really developing. They, they they do invest some decent money into the into the league, which is great. Um, I still think, obviously, it's it's got a you know got a way to go in terms of professionalism. Um, the club where I'm at, because it is an English coach and um, he's brought all his coaching staff down. The work that he's doing is, you know, I don't think I don't think it really happens anywhere else in Southeast Asia, to be honest. Um, if I compare it to Indonesia. Uh, professionalism-wise, you can't even re- you can't really compare. So this experience here in Penang for me is not really an, a real Asian experience, if I could say that. Yep. Um, but I think in terms of the other clubs, you know, if they do lift that professionalism, then you know they've got great talent here. Now, also, um, I, I was lucky enough a couple of years ago to spend some bit a bit of a time with uh, Alan Davidson in uh, in uh, Pahang. That's where he played his football. And uh, I remember getting off the plane and, and getting to the airport and suddenly he's mobbed and he hadn't been back in 15 years. And the fans there have certainly got a long memory and they certainly do respect those foreigners that have done a good job for him. Have you found that yourself? Yeah, it's um, here in... Obviously, Pahang's got a really um, big um, backing because it is a smaller city, um, and I think you know the the locals there really look forward um, 
to watching the team play on the weekend, I guess. Here in Penang, I guess because there's a lot more going on, um, it's not as fanatical. Mm. Um, but comparing it, when I was in Indonesia, was the experience I had there were, were crazy. Coming out of the A-League, um, I never expected to see what I, I saw. Obviously, I signed there for the biggest club in Indonesia. So, you know, they've got like, I think they're one of the biggest supporter bases in Asia. So it's crazy. Um so yeah, it's, it really is to them. It's it's life, you know. It's um, what they look forward to, and if and if you do win games, then they are happy all week. And you know, I guess that's the that's the good thing about football. Diego Vinny again. Um, you've been in plenty of dressing rooms uh, in your career. Mm-hmm. Have you got a favourite? Um, look, I've enjoyed my time everywhere I've gone, to be honest. But to look, if I had to pick a favourite, it have to be the year I spent in Brisbane because obviously we did win the league, um, and that's obviously something that. You know, it's a, that sticks to me, I guess. So tell us a little bit about that, because you, you've actually, um, since, you, since you started, you, you've, you've moved around a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you're at, uh, you started, you're a Footscray boy, so you're yes. a, a good local yeah. lad. Um, <laughs> you know, now, but, now, Diogo, whereabouts, <laughs> what street in Footscray did you grow up in? I've actually got no idea. Oh, oh okay, because I'm a Footscray boy myself. I think there is a Diogo Ferreira street. Actually, there's a street named after you in Footscray. Oh, is there? I'm going to go check it out when yeah. I come back to Melbourne. <laughs> well, what we say, what we say to a lot of the um, the footballers that we interview that that have you know have been around a bit is that um, make sure that uh, you've got a good accountant who can keep track of your superannuation because um, you know you might you're gonna you know you might. No, I'm still chasing some up from A League days. Don't worry. <laughs> there you go. Very good. The P there's the PFA looking after you. Hey, by the way, yeah, just getting <laughs> just getting some text messages here. I'm saying, is that Bozza you're interviewing? Because they think you've got a great laugh. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's always said that. Uh, they actually wanted me to have a. I remember back in my um, Brisbane days and in Perth, they wanted me to have a laugh off. Again. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, never, and never actually happened. I reckon we could arrange <laughs> that, Carlos. Happen in the future. Absolutely, I'm, I'm pretty sure we can we can do that, mate. Now, Diego, with um, you, you have moved around a bit, but you're a young bloke who who obviously loved your football. You've dedicated your life to it. You even spent some time in Portugal as a youngster Correct, yeah. before you you came back to Melbourne and started forging your career with Melbourne Victory. Um, you know, what's it like being a young guy uh, and not always the certainty of where you're going to be next? I mean, you moved already from Indonesia to Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, financial planning and, you know, uh, planning for the future. Do you do a lot of that or is it really a day or a year by year existence for you? Look, unfortunately, I put on um, a strong face a lot of the time saying it's all fine mainly for my fiance because she stresses out more about all that. <laughs> uh, but it's stressful at the end of the day when, especially when it comes to Asia because the minute you're in, um, it, you can have a year contract, you can have two-year contract, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to see it out. Mm. So it is a bit stressful at times, but the way I see it is, look, I'm doing, I've been doing what I love for a long time now and it's taken me to some unbelievable places and I'm meeting some great people as well. So, you know, I try not to take it for granted and I'm just, you know, whatever comes, comes and whatever happens, happens. Um, you know, today I'm here in Penang in six months' time. Who knows where I can be, somewhere else in Asia or... Uh, you never know. Literally, football takes you to different places, I guess. So, yeah, it is a bit hard to plan at times. So, Diego, given uh, your, your experience in the A-League... When you when you sort of reflect back, or you sort of get it, keep in touch with the scores or whatever, which side do you do you like to see do well? Like obviously, you're at Victoria and the Raw. I think you're mm-hmm. maybe been at Perth as well. Do you do you lean towards a particular sort of outfit? 
Look, I not really. A lot of people ask me this. Not really. I just um, I kind of I keep track of all the A League all the time. I'm always streaming the games and on top of everything, I guess. But I kind of just keep track mainly of the players that I've really created a strong bond with, um, just to see how they're going and if they're playing. I hope their team wins, and if they're not, I uh, you know I hope that also they can get back in the team. Um, and yeah, that's that's what usually happens there. Yeah. So which which mates do you like to keep an eye on? I did keep a close eye. Obviously, in terms of a team in general, would be Brisbane because I did have a fantastic year that year. Obviously, it made it better that we did win the league. But I'm good mates with Dimi Petrados, which obviously he's gone now. Um, but also with Perth, I always um, keep track of them. Obviously, being my my last team I play for, but I'm you know keeping very good mates with Neville Marinkovic. So whenever he's playing, I want them to win, but. Lately, for some reason, he hasn't been on the pitch all the time, so can't say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you say Neville? Did you say Neville Marinkovic? Uh, yeah, nah, <laughs> Neville Marinkovic. <laughs> oh, right. I he said Neville. I was going to say, is that his nickname? But hey, how, how's your football going? I mean, that, that's um, you know something that we're interested in because you, you're a very good footballer, and um, you know, obviously, you know, these clubs, um, you know, uh, you know, pick you up for for good reason. How is your football going in Malaysia, and you know, even before that in Indonesia? Look, uh, in terms of when I left A-League, um, the reason reasoning I left was it was just a bit, you know, I just wanted something new. And I went over to Indonesia, like I said, unbelievable experience, and it went really, really well. I was actually playing as a centre-back over there. Um, and at the end of the day, I chose not to stay there to try and move on to a better league. Here in Malaysia at the moment, look, I'm really enjoying my football. I'm enjoying everything, but the team's not going the greatest. Unfortunately, we're, we've lost five out of five at the start of this season, which isn't great. Um, but, you know, but it's, I'm enjoying it. And, uh, you know, I just want to keep keep learning and just keep, in, keep experiencing new cultures and new leagues. And, yeah, that's it really, I guess. As far as your development's concerned, Diogo, uh, the, you know, I, I used to have a theory. Up until Andrew Naboo came back a better player from Malaysia, I used to have a theory that if an Australian player goes to Asia, anywhere in Asia, they don't tend to come back better players. But we've seen with Andrew Naboo, I mean, he's absolutely one of the stars of the A-League, and I know he played, uh, and he had a half a season or so in the Malaysian second division. Do you, yeah, see, do you see yourself, with all the game time you're getting there now and, and the fact that you're an important player in teams, that when you do end up coming back to Australia, and I, I think you know, one day you probably will because you're still a young footballer, that you may well be a better player? I can't see why not at the end of the day, yeah, because you are, it is a different challenge. So I guess after being here in Asia, the football is different. So you can bring back different knowledge, different, you know, you're used to playing against, Maybe at times tactically not the greatest players over on these in this um, in these countries, but technically they're very sharp, they're very mobile. So once you get used to that, you can bring that back to the A League, where it is much more of a technical league. And if you could put the two things together, I guess you can come back a better player. So I'm actually happy that Naboot's doing doing well. That way, it might give you a chance to come back to the A League. <laughs> well, mate, I'll tell you what. The the way he's playing, there's no reason why people won't take notice of you. And uh, one last one from me, uh, Diogo, with um, with China. Do you ever look at China and say to your agent, "How do I get into China?" Because obviously they're, they're a, a country with all the money at the moment. There's talk now of Wayne Rooney maybe joining, uh, you know, a Chinese Super League club by the end of the transfer window. Mm-hmm. Is that some place? that you might uh, aspire to get to, at least from a financial point of view? Oh, 100%. I think everyone would. Everyone wants to go over, don't they? Um, 
And that's something that I, you know, thought about before I came over to Asia. I said, look, it's going to be hard to get into these big um, So, you know, take you know, start in Indonesia, come to Malaysia. You know, the next step up would probably be, you know, Malaysia and Thailand, just say, and then you've got your China's careers and all that. So I guess if you're doing well here in Asia, it's much easier to get a move to these kind of countries than rather than coming out of A-League. So... I guess football's a funny game and anything's possible. Diego, you said you, you sort of keep an eye on the A-League. I don't know whether you noticed, but at halftime they do a walk-off interview with a player. I'm curious, like, do they do that in Malaysia <laughs> and do you speak Malaysian when they do it? <laughs> no, nah, they don't do it. They, they don't, don't do it? it. But, uh, but I could speak a bit of Malaysian. Oh, right. Could you? I learned, a bit in, I learned a bit in Indonesia and it's pretty much the same. So I could, you know... Say a few words. <laughs> Sal- Salamat datang, is it? That? That's, that's one of them, isn't it? Hey, yeah, Diogo, yeah. mate, um, I was going to, when Carlos asked you the question about talking to your agent, is it your fiance that actually talks to your agent about getting you a job in, in China? Because she yeah, sounds like she's worried so, about that. Yeah, she's the, one that, she's the one that will look up the city straight away. Yeah, and, exactly. And everything, yeah. Oh, fantastic, mate. Well, you know what? It's that's been, all- it's really good to talk to you, Diogo. And, um, you know, we love talking to, uh, you know, A-League, former A League players who, 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 you know, we, we knew and we admired as footballers and uh, doing good things in other countries. So, hey, we really appreciate no, your appreciate time. It, guys. Oh, no, no, no not at all. at all. Yeah, our pleasure. And make sure you guys, if you guys can tee up the, the laugh off with Bozza, I'm more than happy to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're on the phone to him as we speak. We're actually going to send him a recording of your laugh. So, because uh, he'll, he'll, want us, he'll want us to make sure that it's not better than his. Because, you yeah, know, because, otherwise, he won't want to be. Nah. His lawyers will be on to you, mate. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, thank, uh, Diogo, mate, thanks for your time. And, um, you know, keep on doing what you need to do. And uh, we'll see, I'm sure we'll see you soon back in the A-League uh, very, very soon. Pleasure, guys. Thanks for your company tonight. There was an Asian Champions League game in Adelaide. Gumbara Osaka defeated Adelaide 3-0. It was a bit of a touch-up in the end. Urua Red Diamonds yesterday defeated Western Sydney Wanderers 4-0. And Brisbane Roar and Wontong from Thailand were nil all. We're a little bit public-ish in the Asian Champions League. We're getting killed. Except for Brisbane. Brisbane are obviously the best team for us in the in the um, Champions League at the moment. But uh, yeah, I watched the game last night. They were awful. Urua, and, uh, yeah. They, yeah, absolutely. They were mm. very, very ordinary, uh, mm. Carlos. Hey, we're looking to catch up with Mike McGrath. Just having a bit of trouble getting him right now. But as soon as we get him, we'll uh, get right into the English uh, scene. Um Hey, he's in France at the moment uh, to yeah. watch the Europa League game between Manchester United and Saint-Étienne. Um, Manchester United are 3-0 up in the first league at the moment, so you'd think that they would come home with that. But earlier in the show, we talked about um, the PFA uh, launching their uh, From Grassroots to Greatness uh, document, and also the, they've got a, a 60 at 60 strategy. Now, that's yeah. um, the, the 60 players in the W League and the Matildas, obviously, um, Will have a, will be paid a minimum of sixty grand. Well, that's a plan. That's the plan. But it's their plan. But, but so, so this is my question. Yeah. So, who's running the game? Because <laughs> I their think plan, but it's a plan that's supposed to be implemented by the FFA. Of course, but now, it's their it's their idea. Yeah, it's their idea. But we've had this before. Look, I, I love John Didlitzer. I love yeah, the I PFA. Think, I love it, I and I understand awesome. them being really proactive right now. But uh, but unless the FFA embraces this, it's not going to go anywhere. That's the problem. I think you know, if it's obviously, um, and, and we read today that it was wasn't in in you know relation to the AFLW and Big Bash and all that. It's actually against all the big other international yep. uh, women's teams, and uh, we want to win a World Cup. 
um, and an Olympic gold medal, of course. So um, I think it's a fantastic thing that um, the PFA are doing, showing some leadership in this avenue because the W League is such an under-resourced league and uh, it's so wonderful to see that there are some ideas coming from an important stakeholder in this wonderful game. Well, let's hope that the document (laughs) prods, they're prodding... (laughs) The FFA, oh, it's because, a prod, because it's all about the FFA coming up with the resources for it. There's a, there's a prod happening, and it's uh, <laughs> hot on the end of it. Hey, uh, Mike McGrath is uh, ready and waiting for us from uh, Saint-Étienne in France. G'day, Mike, and welcome to the Four Diegos. Hi. Hi, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's Rodrigo here. We've got Vinny and Carlos, but Mike? Mike, happy happy fatherhood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know, I know it's been hard Thank to you get you. Yeah, apparently, you've got the nappy. You know, you, you've travelled with all the nappies and everything to France. But your your lovely uh, partner, Lauren, is, uh, Laura has um, actually uh, given birth over the last couple of weeks, and there you're a father. And the dynasty begins, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, getting the getting the plane over to France was like my my only chance to just get a bit of sleep. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've learned quickly. Holiday, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it a boy or a girl, Mike? Ready to go. Was it a boy or girl? It was a boy, Joey. Oh. Not Diego, was it? Sorry. <laughs> Rodrigo. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, Joey, he's, 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 he's big, big, um, big, strong, got big hands as well, so he might be a, I don't know, an AFL player <laughs> oh, right. or a goalkeeper. So now that you've had a, a, a boy or, or a baby, can you let yourself go and start eating meat pies on your flights over? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've had a... That that has been the first, yeah since I've been away. There's been some uh, been some big stories, and then I'm back and and uh, yeah, we're, um, Sutton United was a was the talk of the last kind of 48 hours really. Yeah, well, we might as well start with that, mate. Of course, Wayne uh, Wayne uh, Shaw. Shaw Wayne Shaw. That's right. Sure, the, yeah. I should remember because his name's gone worldwide. <laughs> of course, uh, the poor guys had to resign, and the clubs accepted a resignation for eating a pie and allowing, uh, you know, and maybe facilitating some bets about whether he's going to do it or not. And suddenly, there's an investigation in the UK. Surely. <laughs> they're not. They're not going to take it that seriously. I mean, the guy obviously made a. You know, he made an error. He was a, a club legend, from what I get, uh, what I understand. And uh, you know, he had a bit of fun, and he got. He unfortunately, did the wrong thing. But uh, surely, not going to go and investigate this in any sort of depth, are they? Well, that 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 really is the, uh, that that reflects well, how we're reporting it uh, over here. That it's kind of you know political correctness gone mad, and that it was a bit of fun. And it wasn't, you know, it's not the most. It, it, they are looking into it because um, because of gambling, but really, in the context of it all, um, there's been a bit of a backlash against, you know, punishing this guy who was uh, who was Sutton United through and through, slept on the couch uh, in the media centre or media room there because he used to do ground groundsman work during the day and through the night, um, and and he, you know, and and it's just really sad that he's had to lose his job over it. And yeah, there's been a few high-profile people saying, "Look, come on, yeah, let, let's let's make sure football's fun and doesn't take itself too seriously." Now, Mike, uh, someone who does take himself too seriously doesn't really answer questions directly and and leaves us hanging is Jose Mourinho. Now, when asked about whether Rooney's gonna whether they're going to keep Rooney at Man United or going to let him go, he he doesn't really want to sort of put it put it out there that he wants to let him go. What's the truth, Mike? Is Rooney going to China? Um, it, 
We'll look for what, what we're led to believe that if he does, it, it probably won't be in the next week when uh, during the window, um, during the Chinese window. But you know, I, you, you can never predict the future. Is kind of the Rooney attitude towards it that you know that they will probably have to have a look at it at the end of the season where he's playing his football um, and whether he can get back in the England team where he is playing football or whether he he can get in the England team playing somewhere else. So I think there's decisions to be made, but I wouldn't see it myself. I wouldn't see it happening um, in the next seven days, which um, has been building some some places saying that he's going to be off um, on Tuesday. I, I, I don't think that will happen myself. Mike, uh, moving to China, he's only 31. He's still a great player. I mean, OK, he might not be getting a regular game at Manchester United, but he's a great player. Um, and he just broke broke Bobby Charlton's record a couple of weeks ago. Um, moving to China is akin to him almost retiring from the game. I'm just it's superannuation pay. Uh, he's not serious about his football anymore. He's just really pay, getting his last couple of paychecks. Why wouldn't he? And as some people are suggesting, why wouldn't he go back to Everton and really live that romantic last few years? The you know, the, the boyhood club where he grew up. Uh, he'll go you know go there at. You know, a, a fraction of the money he's getting at the moment, and show the world that he can still play and do it at a club that he quite clearly loves. Well, yeah, that I, I would agree. With that would be the, the romantic ending to his career. I just think the power of China at the moment, um, with with the money on offer, is is really luring to to players of that age, like Carlos Tevez has done. Um, and it's impossible to ignore, even if even if we don't give it the respect that uh, you know, because it is not as competitive as as Europe. I still think that if you offer somebody money, who you know, he is a businessman as well, and he he you know, it's very difficult not to even consider that uh, when it's on the table. Even though I would think um, Everton is quite a good fit in terms of um, in terms of prolonging his career in the, in the Premier League. Mike, you've dealt with a lot of players over the years. You're, you're a, a journal of a, a high standing over there. You, you get one-on-one interviews with players. Now, these guys are independently wealthy. These guys are wealthy generations over. I mean, their great-grandkids will be millionaires with the money they're making. Do you find that money still, even though someone like Wayne Rooney would be so wealthy that he, how could he ever spend it in a lifetime? Do you think he'd still be motivated by getting one last big, paycheck in China rather than maybe leaving a better legacy a, a perception of the sort of person he is by going back to a place like Everton do you think money would still motivate him uh, given that he's got so much of it already uh, I think with, with, with football and money uh, I, I do think that people do think about money all the time and, and the perception is that you you uh, you would say what's the difference between £60,000 and £50,000 Um yeah, that that ten thousand a week, it, it, it isn't a lot by comparison the two. But yeah, ten thousand pounds a week is half a million pounds a year. And any businessman, you know, what businessman would would every businessman would fight for half a million pounds? So the, the, the stakes are really high. And I think with Rooney as well, if he does go, if he does go for say two years, three years, he can always come back at the age of thirty-three, uh, and do what Zlatan's done, and maybe maybe have one last go at it in England, even if um, even if not 
as well paid in China because obviously he will have picked up his money. Yeah, but Zlatan, I guess, stayed at all the big clubs in the big big league, so he sort of never dropped his form. He sort of he got sharper, wouldn't you say? Sorry, I just lost you there. No, well, that's unlike in not going to China. He stayed in Europe and he stayed at big clubs, so his game just got sharper and sharper, so he can he can return to the... That's true, yeah. To, yeah. But, I mean, he's also... I mean, I, I, I wouldn't consider... I would consider um, the French League as a, as, a, as a set down as well. And he's... And some people say he was coasting there and his class has really shown this season that he has got that enduring quality... And Rooney might might well think that 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 could be that could be me in a few years as well to to kind of show people that you can still do it. I suppose, and the prestige of being the highest paid footballer in the world might be a, a bit of a, a, a lure for for a guy like Wayne Rooney as well. So, uh, Mike, Mike, you're in um, you're in uh, France at the moment, of course, and uh, the Manchester United in the Europa League are taking on Saint Etienne, and they're three nil up. Is is it just expected that Manchester United will continue on in this competition? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they should see it out fairly easily tonight. Um, and Mourinho will have one eye on Wembley at, on Sunday, his first trophy. Uh, obviously, it's not guaranteed at all uh, that they're going to be in the top four this year. Well, it, you know, it's going to be a fight to get in the top four. So the Europa League is a big chance for them to get into the Champions League because obviously, as of the last couple of years, it's um, that, that place has been that, the winner's get a route to, to the top table. So uh, I think it's an important competition for them. And I, yeah, I, I think looking at the other teams, they, they probably would fancy, fancy going far in it. Oh, you'd think they would. But hey, Mike, uh, we're going to have to let you go and enjoy um, some sleep, I think. Um, <laughs> but don't forget, you've got a job to do because sometimes, especially in the early days, you can sleep a lot, and so, especially when you're not there. But hey, firstly, congr- again, congratulations from uh, all the Diegos and our listeners on uh, becoming a father. That's awesome. So uh, congratulations, and um, may there be many nappies in your future. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks, Mike. Time flies when you're having fun here on the Diegos. Carlos. Yes, so just off the SMS, uh, why is Carlos an anti-China snob? (laughs) Well, it's uh, very intuitive by the the, uh, listener to pick that up because I just had one too many bad yum chars (laughs) over the years. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I take it, you know, it's something I, uh, you know, I've been, uh, you know, very ill over over yeah. the years, and, and uh, a squeaky trolley puts you off your yum char as well, absolutely. Carlos. So you know, China football. That's uh, that's I end up expressing my. But how good would will. it be if Wayne Rooney, rather than go to China for the big bucks, did a little bit of a Del Piero project, <laughs> and and went to Phoenix or yeah. or somewhere, yeah. give something back? That's the romance side of it. That's what uh, yeah. I, I wanted to go back to Everton. Yeah, that, that yeah, be that romantic. would be nice yeah. too. It would be very nice. Come it to the A League, Wayne. And I honestly think that. There would be people out there in English football that would change their perception of Wayne Rooney if he did something like that. A million dollars a week, Carlos. That's a I lot mean, of he's money. Got so much around, really. I mean, he's been on two hundred and fifty thousand pounds I know, I know. a week at Manchester United for over ten years. It's obscene. <laughs> it's actually obscene, but uh, but that's a lot of money.